So as you guys know, uh, ask the vast majority of you, we have maybe a few guests today or kind of will catch up to speed with us, but our word for this year is deeper. And, and we're just looking at different elements, different facets, different aspects of, of going deeper in 2022. We really believe it's, it's not just a nice thought. It's actually an absolute necessity in the days and the times we're in that we go deeper. And so this month we said, let's put a focus on deeper healing and as I shared with you a couple weeks ago, and again, as I've mentioned, Brent did an excellent job last week of just building on top of that. We said, let's focus on deeper healing. And uh, we focus a lot on physical healing, which is awesome, and we're going to continue to focus. We're going to continue to grow in that. But we really wanted to put an emphasis on the healing of the heart. Um, I shared with you, if, if those of you here a couple weeks ago, and if not, you can always watch the message online. But I shared with you, but God wants to heal us on every level. He wants to heal us on the spiritual level. He wants to heal us on the physical level. But he also wants to heal us on the emotional level. And, uh, and we, we said, let's particularly, we put a particular emphasis this month, as I've said, on emotional healing and on the healing of our hearts. Uh, Psalm 147, verse 3, if you want to turn there, it's a simple verse, but it simply says this. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Somebody say, he heals the brokenhearted. So we see here, that God, God is interested in healing our bodies, he's interested in healing our spirits, but he's also interested in healing the brokenhearted. And uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about how often as Christians we have, a, we have at least a decent concept of spiritual healing, which is salvation, being born again, God renewing us, you know, as a type and pattern. We also have, uh, you know, at least in our church, we talk about quite a bit, we have a context for physical healing. Now, all of us don't necessarily see it all the time. It's something we're growing in. It's something we're walking, but we have a strong context for that. But many times, we do not have a strong context for emotional healing or healing of the heart. And yet, that is just as important to God. That matters just as much to Him. He wants to heal the brokenhearted, and He wants to bind up our wounds. And so today, just on several levels, I want to push deeper, and I want to talk about some practical tools for us to actually walk in this emotional healing. Now, a couple things I want to say right off the beginning are some initial thoughts. First and foremost, I thought Brent said it last week, at least in the service that I watched, and I thought it was such a good point. He said, healing is a process. Somebody say, healing is a process. So one of the things we understand is miracles happen instantaneously, and there's times and places where God will work miracles, but healing is a process that can happen over time. Now, sometimes it can happen very quickly, and there can be a supernatural healing that happens in a few moments or happens in a few days, but there's other times that healing is a process or a journey that God wants to take you on that will go over a season of time in your life. Now, why is it important that we understand this? Because I think a lot of times when we hear healing, we just always think instantaneous. We think it's something that just happens right away. It's something that just happens in a moment. And when we don't see that and God takes us on a journey, if we don't have the right mindset, we might feel like either we're failing, like it's not working, or like God is not healing us. And then we undermine and sabotage the healing work that God is doing. And one of the things that I have noticed is I've noticed in my life, in the life of many people that I've pastored, is that often this journey of emotional healing is just that. It is a journey. It is something that God takes us on step by step by step. 
And we have mountaintop experiences, we have encounter moments, we have times where we just really see a breakthrough, but there still is this day-by-day healing journey. It's a walk that God takes us on. So I say that to encourage you because my heart in this month, I know Pastor Sharon, we've talked about our heart, is to see every member of our church family go deeper in healing. But you need to understand, again, this is a process and a journey. Because I know today, talking, there's many of us, even after the last couple years that we've walked through, God needs to bring some areas of healing in our heart. I was just talking to the Lord this morning about something in my heart where I was just dialoguing with him about some things, and I was praying about some things. Because I realized there's some things, I'm going, man, God, I I think I need a little bit of healing in this area. I need to go a little deeper. So everyone say, go deeper. Secondly, I want to emphasize the importance to understand that everyone's journey is different. Come on, someone tell your neighbor, everyone's journey is different. Now, I think we get this, right? We all understand this. I don't think there's anyone out here listening to me today who would go, no, everyone's journey is exactly the same. Right? I think we all on one level understand, yeah, everyone's journey is different. But then what happens is we get that, but then we start to look and compare our journey to somebody else's journey, or why ours isn't as easy as somebody else, or why ours is this or that, and we forget the fact that everyone's journey is different. And I just want to remind you today, everyone's journey is different. There's principles that we can walk in, but God has a specific journey for every single one of us. And guys, really straight up, if we're really honest, we always look at other people, and we really don't understand what's going on with them anyways. I don't know about you, but I always look at everybody else, and I think they have it so easy, and I have it so hard. Anybody else fall into that trap sometimes? And everybody else, it looks so perfect. We watch their Instagram highlight life, and we think that everything is great, and everything is wonderful, and we don't even mean to sometimes, but we fall into the trap of comparison instead of saying, this is a journey with me and the Lord, and I'm embracing the journey that he has for me. And there's always going to be somebody who seems to have it easier and someone who seems to have it harder. I just need to get out of the comparison game altogether and just say, Lord, what's the journey you're taking me on? So that's my second thought. My third thought is that not only is everyone's journey different, but I've often noticed and found, too, that men and women's journey is different. And so... There's an element that I want to be very uh, you know, transparent about. I understand that I will share on emotional healing, but I also share that from the context of being a man. Now, every man is not the same, so I'm not saying every man falls in the same category. Every woman doesn't fall in the same category. But sometimes I can find that I will share, and my wife will talk to me about this and be like, well, yeah, that was good, babes, but you know, that was a real male perspective. Women just don't tend to see it that way. So I fear I'll just acknowledge that right from the start. And I might see if I can sneak her up at the end to bring some extra ministry in or whatever else. But there's a journey with that. But what I want to do, I was really praying about which way to go. Because I want to talk about what are some practical tools. Because we can talk about healing and we can talk about the theology of it. And we can talk about picture. But I want you to actually kind of come out of this month with some deeper understanding of these are some tools. These are some things I can put into place. So if you're sitting listening to me and you're going, you know what? I need to go deeper in emotional healing. I need to go deeper in healing of my heart, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to walk this out. Well, today, I'm not going to be able to give you everything in the next 15 or 20 minutes, but I want to at least give you some tools that you can say, hey, this is something that I can start putting into practice on a regular basis to go deeper in emotional healing. Come on, somebody say tools. So we're going to work on tools. So I want to do that, but let me tell you a little bit of a story. I want to share with you guys a story. Now, if you've kind of 
if I've been your pastor for a while, you've probably heard this story in some context or another. It'll be new for some of you. But I want to share it from the angle of a personal journey that I went on of some healing and, and, and talked about some of the tools that I discovered through that, or maybe not even discovered, but I walked in. And then whatever your context is, whatever you need healing in, that God can work in that, and you can put some of these tools to place. So let me tell you the story. Um, Pastor Sharon and I got married in 2005. So this coming April the 9th, we are going to be celebrating our 17th wedding anniversary. So 17 years. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. You know, we, we were going to do a big celebration on our 15th anniversary. And then COVID happened. So that kind of messed that all up. It was hard to do a huge 15th wedding anniversary celebration when you're in lockdown. So we feared it was going to be our 16th. Well, then 16th, what happened? We got locked down again. So it's looking pretty positive for the 17th wedding anniversary. Uh, you know, we'll see. We also uh, have a, a special birthday for my wife. I've got to sort something out too because COVID messed that up a little bit as well. But we got married in 2005. And one of the things we had talked about, we were, we were excited to have kids. Uh, I, I don't remember how many kids we said we wanted at the start. I'm kind of looking at back at my wife. She's back there. She's, she's waving her hand, but it's too dark back there, babes. I can't see. Is that four? All right, so we, had, we, we talked about four, and then we had Micah. And once we had Micah, we were like, you know, Micah's an amazing kid. He was intense when he was little. He was, so, I, and I think most parents, you realize you have one baby, you go, oh, wow, okay, this, this is a lot. This, this is more than we, we realized. And so we, we at that point, it really, we we'd committed in our heart, you know, we said, okay, whatever, you know, whatever God has for us. That's, that's just what we want. And so we're very happy with where we've ended up and really feel the Lord at. But when we got married, we had all thought, like most couples, we thought, okay, we'll take a couple years and, uh, you know, just have a couple years, just the two of us, and then we'll look at having kids. Well, it didn't quite go according to plan because within about, oh, eight months, nine months of, of, of uh, getting married, we got the amazing news, that we were so excited, that we were pregnant and that we were expecting and I remember we were so excited. We were so excited. Uh, you know, you kind of over the initial at first, we weren't expecting it to happen. You know, it wasn't kind of part of our plan. But we thought, well, okay, I guess this is part of God's plan. And we're really excited about it. So it's kind of like, man, life's moving quick. You know, we got married. We're now having a baby. You know, things are, things are just, we're really excited about the future. Things are really looking up. And uh, so it was about, about, uh, Oh, I don't know, two months, two and a half months, maybe about 11, 12 weeks going in, uh, my wife came to me and said, you know, I think there might with the pregnancy. And, uh, you know, okay, what do you mean? She's like, well, you know, just some signs, things aren't well, there's some bleeding. Uh, you know, we thought, okay, well, let's, let's, and I remember, actually, I remember because we were getting ready to do a re-encounter weekend, and I think it was like a Friday morning before we were going to take a whole bunch of our church away for an encounter. And uh, so we said, well, let's, let's go to the doctor. Let's just go. And, you know, I felt my heart, you know, like, it, I'm sure it's fine. You know, God, you know, God's got us. We're good. You know, we're going to be fine. And, and so we, we went into the doctor and, uh, and we got there. And, and I will always remember for the rest of my life, because I remember being in that examination room and I remember the doctor looking at us and saying, I I'm really sorry, but your, your baby's heart isn't beating. Um, your, your child has died. And, you know, it's, it's a little while now, because, you know, obviously with that, but I, I still remember just the emotions that started to crash in on us. I remember we went back home, 
uh, we had to figure out what to do with this re-encounter weekend. So thankfully, we had a, a team of leaders, and they just took it on. And uh, I just remember being there, and I, I've never, never before, never since remember crying so hard. Uh, I, I, I mean, I can speak particularly for my journey, because I was working supporting my wife, but I was so, so devastated. I remember just crying and crying and crying. I mean, it just felt like I'd never felt so much hurt, disappointment, and pain. So we, we weren't sure what to do, but we felt like, okay, we got we to gotta get out of here and get out of the house. And so we went up to see mom and, mom and dad in Ottawa. Because that time mom was still in Ottawa and dad was there and we just called them and said, this is what happened, can we come? And of course they're like, yeah, come on up, you know, come on drive. And so we drove up to Ottawa, you know, and, and mom and dad were just great. I remember that first night, they just kind of got us there. And you know, in those moments, you don't say too much. They just took us out for dinner and, and we were just there. And, and dad, was, um, dad was a doctor in the Ottawa hospital system. He actually was the head of head of the obstetrics and gynecology for all of the Ottawa hospitals. So he said, well, you know, why don't we, we'll, we'll get you in just to get you examined a little bit more and, and figure out what we need to do. And I'm now by this moment, I was in a lot of, I remember I was, I was in pain, but I'd kind of, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I'd come across a story of how God, you know, supernaturally brought healing and the doctor said the baby was gone, but you can believe, you know, believe for a miracle. So by this point, I'd kind of locked into, really, to be honest with you, it was this battle. Because I was dealing with just all the grief of what happened, but then I was also like, you know what, we should pray for a miracle. Let's really pray and believe. But it was a weird time because I didn't feel full of faith. I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel like, you know, yeah, I've got this. But I felt like I was supposed to, I needed to, you know, so from my side of the journey, I'm, I'm kind of going through all the pain of it. I'm now trying to find, a, can I believe God in the middle of this? I'm also trying to support my wife as she's walking through her journey with this. And so I remember, I just thought, okay, well, I'm just going to pray. Uh, we're going to pray. And, and, and we're going back in. We're going to get another ultrasound at the hospital. I can't remember, maybe a day or two after we arrived in Ottawa. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pray. I'm going to believe God. God's going to do something in this. And, you know, so it was there. So, so we're praying. And, but again, it's like this internal battle. You know, I love to stand up, just tell you the testimony. Yeah, I just had this full heart of faith, and I just knew God was going to do it and everything else. But I, I didn't know. I just felt like I got hit by a truck. You know, I just felt like emotionally I just got hammered. I was trying to believe, but I felt weak in that. And so I thought, you know, the least I can do is try. Let's try. Let's see what we can do. So we went in, and, uh, and she had the, um, you know, she had the, the ultrasound again. And, and again, it, it was the same result. And, and so now we're grappling with some different things of, well, what do we do now? Do we just kind of... Let things take its course. Do we have a, a, a procedure? You know, and, and we'd had a, a big anniversary trip scheduled like a week and a half later to go to. Go to the, so, so again, now, I mean, it was, I remember back, it was interesting in that I was like, okay, if we go ahead with the procedure, am I quitting? It, like there was just, to be honest, there was this whole journey that we were working through. 
And so ultimately, we, we prayed and we ultimately felt, you know what, let's just, we'll, we'll go ahead with, let's go ahead with the procedure. Like, you know, we prayed, we believed, we had several days here, let's, let's just go ahead. But, you know, you're still kind of battling with doubt about that. So I remember we went to the hospital and I remember they kind of were getting her set up to go, because she had to go in and it was, it was surgery. Uh, so that was a little scary. Uh, maybe not even a little scary, more than a little scary. Um, and so I always remember, because we had to kind of wait through the day until they could get an open slot. Um, and so they had us there waiting. And, and I remember I was there with her. They had her in the bed. And then I, they wheeled her out. And it was kind of right around, I always remember this, it was right around, the sun was setting, so it was getting really dark. And as they wheeled her out, I remember I felt so alone I felt so shattered. I, I felt like we just lost our baby. I don't even know, is my wife going to come back? Like she's going there. And then to top it all off, and this wasn't any fault of the hospital. I think it was just practicalities. But as they wheeled her out, I, I realized that I was, we were sitting in and waiting in an actual birthing room. So I'm in this room, and I just remember feeling so alone feeling so devastated. I mean, I, you, you, if, you, if you walk through, I mean, maybe you haven't gone through that, but I'm sure many of us have gone through different experiences like that. You can't even put into words the hurt that you feel in that moment. Um, and for me, this was my first real encounter with some type of loss. Is my first encounter with something like this. And so I'm working through the hurt. I'm working through the pain. Uh, I'm working through questions with God. You know, I, I mean, my sister had said it afterwards, actually. She had said in one comment, now I, she didn't say this directly to me, but she said, I think she said to my mom, she said, why did this happen to Bren? Like, he's a pastor. He served God. He's, you know, like, so I'm working through those questions and then I'm also feeling like a failure. And, and I'm feeling like a failure. It, it didn't logically make sense, but you know how it is. Sometimes heart stuff doesn't logically make sense, but you still feel, because I'm feeling like, here I am, the pastor. I'm teaching everybody about healing and believing God, and I can't even, I mean, here's what it is. It, 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 looking back, but I felt like I can't even protect my own wife and my own child. Like, I, I didn't pray enough. I didn't do something enough. Something didn't happen here. And so there's this whole mix going on for me of the pain, of the, the hurt, of the, you know, kind of the anger at myself, some of the questions. I mean, I, I can honestly say I never, I never fully kind of like turned on God in it. I, w I was just hurt. I, I, I never, I, I, in my, for me and my journey, I'd never put the blame on him because I knew enough to know, but I just didn't understand. And I remember I'm sitting there in that room. It, it's, I'll remember it for the rest of my life. I'm sitting in that room. The sun just went down. I feel so hurt. I feel so shattered. I feel so alone. Uh, and, and, and I was just there. And I'd never felt anything like this before. And so... I realized in that moment, in the middle of the pain, 
in the middle of the, the doubt, in the middle of the challenges, you know, all that was there, I realized in that moment, I, I've often said this. I mean, I said this from very early in ministry. When you go through a hard time, you can run away from God or you can run to God. And I always said to people, make sure you run to God. And so thankfully in that moment, I, I listened to what I preached. And I just thought, I, I, I thought, I got to run to God. I, I, I mean, it wasn't like some big spiritual, I mean, you know, it wasn't kind of like I was just like, yes, I'm going to be spiritual now. It was like, if, if in the spirit, almost like I, all I could do was crawl, but I was like, I got to get to God in this moment because I, I, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I'm absolutely shattered right now. I don't have what it takes. I feel like everything's just fallen apart. Everything's failed. And, but but I, gotta, I gotta run to him. And so for part of my journey, I knew in, I, I mean, I, I barely felt like, I didn't know, it wasn't like I started quoting Bible, but all I knew, I just, I knew, you know, it was just come from my heart, it was, I was just like, I need to, I need to worship. Like, I need to, I, I just, I need him right now. And, and part of our journey, even those seasons, I mean, we had some, those years in the church, we, we had a real special move of God, and, and a lot of our connection with God was in the place of worship. We had, we had some incredible worship times. I mean, we do these Saturday night services yeah, I was 24, 25, virtually everybody else in the church was younger than me. Uh, and we, we <laughs> you know, we were young and dumb in many ways, but we loved Jesus. And, and we'd just worship, and we'd do services. We'd start at 7, and we wouldn't finish till midnight. I mean, it was, parents wouldn't believe their kids had come to church because we were just there so late. There's like, no way you're going to church. And we'd just worship, and and then we'd pack up all the equipment and we'd go to Eastside Mario's and eat wings till four in the morning. I can't even imagine now. I, I just, I wouldn't even be able to keep up that kind of schedule. But like I said, we were young and dumb and we loved Jesus. But I knew in that moment, it was like, you know, and sometimes you hit these defining moments in your life. And sometimes they're not easy moments. Sometimes they're very hard moments, but you have a choice. Do I run from God or do I run to God? So, so I started to worship. And I, I couldn't even sing. I could barely get the words out. But just something in me knew I, I got it. Like, I don't have what it takes to deal with this right now. And, and, and so there was this song we used to sing. And, and I, I couldn't even sing it. But I, I just started to whisper it. And I, I just started to whisper, I'm, I'm trading my sorrows I'm trading my shame. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. And then you know, we used to always do it. We used to always like dance and jump around, right? So I'd be Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. And I mean, 
I could barely whisper it. But something inside of me knew I need to run to him. This is not, I mean, there, there's a moment, part of what I feel with worship, the most powerful worship, sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of worship you can bring to God is when you don't feel like it at all. When, when everything's shattered, when nobody's there, when nobody's watching, there's no audience. You know, it's, sometimes it's something to, you know, you, there's all these stuff and you're in a crowd and you're, but there's just something where it's just, it was nothing, but it was just there. And I, I remember as I started to do it, I got through the second time, and, and I don't remember the exact order, but it, it started to get stronger. It's like I started to feel this strength coming. And, and I started to sing it a little stronger. And then I just, I, I started to literally dance around the room, which in the natural makes no sense. It's actually kind of nuts. But sometimes that came to, it, it hurts that much. It's that bad. I, I'm not trying to make sense to anybody, or I'm just trying to get to my father. I'm, I'm trying to get to him. And, and, and so I, I remember, I, I'm, I mean, it must have, I mean, nobody could see me. But from heaven's perspective, on one level, it must have looked like a crazy thing. On another level, it must have looked like a beautiful thing. Because here I am, I've just lost a baby. My wife's gone to surgery. I don't know if she's going back. I'm in more pain than I've ever been in my life. And I'm dancing around a birthing room singing to God. But here's what I want you to know. When I did that in that moment, I don't have, I don't have a physical evidence. I didn't see him with my natural eyes. But I felt Jesus walk into the room with me. Because in that moment, I've never felt the presence of God in the way I felt him in that moment. And I don't know, I'll find out when I get to heaven. But I'm pretty convinced that Jesus walked into that room with me. And he put his arms around me. And he said, I got you. I mean, again, I didn't hear those words, but it was like he was right there. And I knew that presence. I knew that he was there. And I'd like to tell you that that moment just made everything easy and everything perfect and everything went great. But no, it didn't. But I'll tell you something, it, it put something, a strength inside of me. To help me to go forward. And, and there was a healing journey that, that we had to go on. And I'm sure if my wife could share, she would be able to share with you her journey. Um, and that, that year, I mean, it, it didn't get easier even as well. Um, a little bit before the miscarriage, we'd lost a mentor uh, who passed away. And then four months later, Cher's dad went home to be with the Lord. Um, so it was a really hard time. It was one of those times where sometimes people walk through that kind of stretch and they walk away from God. They walk away from ministry. They walk away from... but. It never, that never even crossed my mind. Again, and I don't want to speak on behalf of my wife and her journey, not that she wanted to walk away. She, God walked her through her own journey with all this, but I'm, I'm just sharing my story and my heart on it. But there was something in me 
that, that happened when I was alone in a totally different city in that room choosing to run to God instead of running from God. Um, so, that, so that's a bit of the story. What are, what are some of the tools? Well, I'd say the first one is run to God. Remember, we said everyone's journey is a little different. And I know sometimes, like, the tendency, I mean, personally, I love formulas. <laughs> I like, like, just show me how to make something work, and I'll, you ask my wife. I, sometimes I think she kind of gets a little exasperated with me, because I'm just, find something that works, and I'm just going to do it. It's just, I don't need anything else. I don't think anything different. Just find something different. Well, faith doesn't work that way all the time, because it's relationship, and it's God, and we're all unique, and we all are on a journey. But tool number one, when you're on a journey of healing, is run to God. Don't run from God. See, we all, we, all do, we all do something to try and cope with the pain. And a lot of people who get themselves into a lot of mess are actually doing that to try and cope with pain. And they're running to addictions or to sex or to food or to entertain they're running there's all these things that we can run to to try and cope with the pain but that stuff isn't going to heal that stuff just distracts or it temporarily pulls you out but then you wake up back into it god is the only one who can truly bring a healing and so the first tool is running to God. Psalm 147 verse 3 again the verse we looked at he heals the broken heart and binds up the wound he heals he heals. He heals. He is the one. He, he can work through people. He can work on, take you on a journey, but he is the one who heals. Come on, somebody say, he heals. Um, yeah, I gotta watch. So, so first and foremost, we, we run to God. Um, you know, when it's hard, don't skip church. Be here early. Don't, don't check out at the back. Get up and worship at the front. Somebody says, well, why would you do that? It's hard. It's fake. It says, no, I, I'm running to God. It's like I'm going to run to him. You know, there's a whole side journey we could go on. I just don't have time for it for today's sake, but talking about the healing power of the love of the Father. Encountering God's love will heal and transform you in ways that don't even make sense in your natural mind. So tool number one is encountering God. Now, the second tool I want to encourage you in, though, as well, is get into the Word of God. See, you can't make an encounter with God happen. Right? You can't just be like, like, those are moments where God breaks in or God steps in. You can position yourself, but you can't make that happen. But here's something you can do. You can daily and regularly get into the word of God. 
And bring, let me share a couple of verses. Uh, Psalm 107 verse 20 says this. He sent out his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So the word of God has power to bring healing. Now here's what I've learned about the word of God. Because it says, I don't have the scripture reference, but it says in Hebrews chapter 4. It says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. In, in 1 Peter it talks about the word of God is indestructible seed. The, the word of God will work. And the word of God will bring healing. But it's, it's a journey of faith. Because quite often if you're getting into the word of God. And, and you're really diving into the word of God. You don't feel anything different. You don't, you don't it's not like there's some lights or uh, uh, smoke or angels or things. It's just the word gets into you and the word works. And what I've often found is if you just take a season of going in the word, it's just you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And what used to get you all of a sudden one day you realize this isn't getting me anymore. This pain isn't the same way. Why? Because we were getting into the word of God. Uh, John 8, 31, 32 says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Right? Abide in my word and you will know the truth. That word know is the Greek word gnosko, which talks about having a working intimate knowledge. See, so what I do is you take the area of the pain, you take the area of the challenge, you take the area of the battle, and you literally start to feed yourself on what the Word of God says about that. And you go over it, and you go over it, and you go over it. And it may not feel like it's doing a lot, but that word is living and that word is active and that word is powerful. And that word, if you keep putting it into your spirit, will not return void and it will accomplish what God said it was going to accomplish. It's just, you sometimes we do it for a day or we do it for three days and then we give up, but it's staying at it and getting at the word. So part of the way we put this in our journey was about, oh, I don't even know what it would have been, maybe about a year, a year after that miscarriage. And we kind of walked out a healing journey. We'd both gone on encounters. We'd received ministry. There was some different things that happened. But we got pregnant again, and this was with Micah. And I was so afraid that it was going to happen again. Like so afraid, like every single day. Every single day, I remember just this crushing fear. It's going to happen again. I don't know if I can handle this happening again. How are we going to do this? And so one of the things that Sharon, Pastor Sharon and I did was we said, let's get in the Word daily. And we found a scriptural confession that we literally read out loud together every single day. And we get together at night. Now, we may have missed a few days, but I, I remember I was so under pressure and terrified, I probably didn't miss a lot of days because that became an anchor for me. That literally became something of, I feel afraid, I feel all these emotions, I feel all this, like we've gone, you know, because we God had brought a lot of healing, but now we're back in the situation where all, you, all I know is a bad experience. I don't have a good experience. And so we take the word and we declare it. And I remember I, I pulled it up. I haven't looked at it for a while, but I, I won't read it all to you. But every day we'd say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said to decree a thing, it will be established unto you. Today we believe by faith that those things that are declared are springing up and rising up like a seed that's been planted and brings forth the manifestation, the whole full harvest of that seed. We confess your word over our child in the womb and us. And we believe it brings health and healing to us because we choose life and blessing. 
so that our seed and we may live and declare the glory of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you watch over and hasten your word to perform it. Your word will not return void, but will accomplish what makes happen what you sent it to do. We believe by faith that you uphold, maintain, propel, and guide the growth and normal development of our child in the womb. And by the word of your power, we believe by faith the word of your power is upholding, maintaining, propelling, and guiding every stage of the pregnancy and postpartum period. We believe that you are working both to will and to do your own good pleasure in our child in the womb and during, and during the pregnancy. We confess that no weapon formed against the mind, will, emotions, body, soul, or spirit of our offspring in the womb or in our own body, soul, or spirit shall prosper in the name of Jesus. I'll read a little further because there was a lot. I mean, some days we'd just be reading the word. We confess and declare that you formed the inward parts of our child in the womb. You knit our child together. We confess and praise you for your fearful and wonderful and for the wonderful a wonder of the birth of our baby in the womb. Wonderful all your works that our inner self knows very well. The frame of our baby was not hidden from you when you formed them in secret so intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors, you saw their uniform, unformed substance and the, your book. All the days of the lives were written before they took shape when as yet there was none of them. And guys, I could go on and on and on for time's sake, but Pastor Samuel wants to come back and join me. But we just read and declared the word. Because if you didn't know, those are all scriptures. And I'm talking, we had paragraph after paragraph. But we didn't do it because we were trying to be spiritual. We didn't do it because we were trying to impress somebody or so I'd have a nice sermon illustration one day to talk about getting the word. We did it because I was so afraid. There was so much fear that was hitting me every single day that it was going to happen again. But we said, we're holding on to you, God. We're holding on to your promises. We're holding on to your word. And we walked it out right up to the day that Micah was born and we saw that victory and that breakthrough. Now that was my part. That was my journey. But I want to encourage you, the word will work. I'm not just talking about kind of positive kind of thinking and trying to say nicely. No, there's power in speaking the word of God. And, and you get what the word says about your circumstance, what the word says about your situation. And you speak the word. See, there's moments of encounter like I had, and I could share with you several other moments of encounter along the way. But there's also that day-to-day of, you know what? This is what the word says. This is what God declares. I'm going to pray it. I'm going to declare. I'm going to, I'm going to put this word in my heart. So that's tool number two. Um, tool number three. Say one more. Was the power of community. As much as because of circumstances, I, I was in that room alone which I really wasn't because Jesus was there with me. Throughout our journey, we had amazing community around us. We had amazing people walking with us. You know, mom and dad took us in at the house, which of course they do, but they prayed with us. They believed us. And I know behind our backs, they were praying for us. They were believing for us. We had an amazing team of leaders at the church most of you didn't know everything that happened, but they, they kind of covered that. And when we got back into church, those who knew welcomed us. I remember I had another strong healing moment where I'd gone on an encounter weekend. And I think I was in Prophet Ewell Crawford's group. And I just remember this moment of sharing the fear that I'm never going to get over this. I, it, it's it's going to, and I just remember getting ministered to. 
So here's the, the thing is God never meant for us to go on a healing journey by ourselves. He never meant for us to have to figure it out on our own. We have him, but he also says, I've given you family. I've given you one another. But here's the problem for a lot of us. When we go through the hurt and the pain, what do we tend to do? We isolate. We cut off people around us. We don't, we, 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 we go inward. And we lose part of God's plan for healing which is there's a journey we go on together um, James 5.16 says this, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working now it's interesting because here it talks about confessing your sins to one another but you know what? I think it's very biblically correct to say you can confess your hurts to one another. You can confess your pain to one another. You can confess your doubt to one another. This is not talking about confessing to everybody. I'm not talking about throwing it up on Instagram or Facebook and going, this is what's going on. No, it's talking about the context is, is people around you that God's brought, that you can trust. But he says that as you pray for one another, you know there's parts of my healing that was not just me figuring out by myself, but it was somebody else praying with me, somebody else praying for me, getting with someone who's got an anointing to talk it out with me and to minister. And so often, and I know I fall into this trap, we think I'm just going to figure this out myself, or it's just me and Jesus. But Jesus said, I didn't mean for it just to be you and me. I made you part of a body. I brought you into a family. There is going to be where you need others, and there's going to be times where others need you. And I want you, the great command is not just to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And there's a healing that comes when we stop isolating, when we stop hiding, and we say, okay, Lord, I want to open up to those that you have put in my life because there's certain parts of my healing that will come not through just my prayers, but through the prayers of someone else praying for me. Somebody say community. So let's do this. Let's, let's bring this to a close. I want us just to bow our head and close our eyes. As I said, there, there's, there, there's so much more that can be said. There's so much more that can be talked about, tools, steps on the journey. But again, I just want to leave you today with these three things and encourage you in this. Run to God. Go deep in the word of God. And be open to the community that God's put around you. And so, Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. And, Lord, even today as I've shared about my journey of healing from this one circumstance. This Lord knows there's been all kinds of other stuff that I had to go on similar journeys regarding, but this was a big, a big point for me. Lord, and I, I suspect most of the people listening to me, God, the circumstances are different. The journey they walked through was different, but God, there's, there's healing in their heart that you want to bring. 
And so even right now, we bring that first principle into practice. Well, we run to you. We come to even right now in this moment. Holy Spirit, come in a manifested way. And I pray you just minister to people. Maybe it's in this moment. Maybe it'll be in the hours or the next few days to come. But just that there will be significant encounters with you. Encounters of healing. Encounters with your love. Encounters where we run to you, God. Lord, I also pray for a... um, God, just even as we talked about your word. God, I pray that there's, there's people here that they just, part of their journey will be just to get some scriptures, to get some things that you said about that situation. Just begin to speak it and pray it and declare it. God, but there will be that faith in your word. And Lord, I pray as well in this area of community. God, that will not hide, will not isolate, will not try and think, I got to handle this or figure this out on my own. But that there will be the courage and the boldness and the humility to say, you know what, I need somebody else with me in this right now. I need some others with me in this right now. And that we will open up our hearts to that in Jesus' name. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just minister even right now. Thank you, Lord. Do this work, God. just as we're formally bringing things to a close I do want to make sure just with head bowed and eyes closed I want to give an opportunity if there's anyone here and you're not right with God the Bible teaches us that God loves us with everlasting love we've been separated from that love because of sin now because of sin the Bible says the wages of sin is death spiritual death it's being separated from God for eternity but it says the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord there is a gift of eternal life in Jesus for every single one of us and I just want to make sure I give an opportunity today if there's anyone that says I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to give my life back to Jesus it's the most important decision you will ever make in your life because it's not just about this life but it's about eternity and so if you're in this place and you say, you know, just a head bowed and eyes closed, you say, Pastor, I need to get my life right with God. I need to be right with him. I need to give my life back to him. 
want you just to wave your hand at me really quick if there's anybody. Amen. Awesome. So here's what I want us to do. We need to bring things to a close. Obviously, moms and dads, we need you to go get your kids and so forth. But I really want to, I mean, we do this often, but I want to put an extra emphasis on it today just to have, turn this place into a place of prayer and just waiting on the Lord for a few moments. So Rebecca's just going to sing. Pastor Samuel's going to play. And if you just want to sit before God, I, I don't know what your journey is right now. I don't know what there, but I know he's, he's there and you just run to him. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to get my mask back on. So last Sunday we have to do that, but uh, I, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to hang out here too. And if, if you need prayer for something, I'd be honored to just pray with you. Um, and, and just, we just have some ministry time and some ministry opportunity for that. And so Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this service. Thank you for just deeper healing, God. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by nice sermons or nice ideas, but it's by your Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, we just say you're welcome here. You you are the one who brings that healing. And and I thank you for just a, a continued walk of deeper healing in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said. So, again, obviously, you know, we, we don't have to exit out these doors anymore. We can exit out, but we're just gonna, we can create this as a place of prayer for people who wanna just take a little more time. Um, we just obviously ask moms and dads, if you make sure you grab your kids, because our kids workers get a break between services, but if you wanna grab them and come back in, you can come back in, but we're just gonna turn this into a place of prayer for the season time. But God bless you guys, we love you. Men, let's see you this coming Saturday at the men's breakfast. Uh, and, you know, all the other good things are going on, but we'll get out to you guys that. So, love you. God bless you. Rebecca. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more. Than ever before, I need you more. I need you more. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more.
I need you more. 